Hey there, PYHD listeners, it's Cameron and Rhea, and we are leaving this Thursday to go on tour, and we will see you starting September 21st in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, San Diego, Phoenix, Dallas, Austin, Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carborough, North Carolina, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Brooklyn, Cleveland, Detroit, well, Pontiac, Michigan, rather, Minneapolis, Chicago, Madison, Portland, Maine, Boston, Providence, and I will be in Denver Information on all of those dates is available at CameronEsposito.com or RioButcher.com. We are so excited to be going back out on the road and meeting you guys. We haven't really been out on a full tour in about two years. And your listenership to this podcast means so much to us. We can't wait to meet you face to face. So we will see you on the road and enjoy today's episode. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Please help yourself on to please put your hands together for your hands visually like this is a cool thing for you guys but for me this is kind of a wreck i'm a mess i'm a real mess i'm a thank you so much for coming out to the show let's hear it for all the comics that are in back it's so nice that you're here i have a baggy slouchy outfit on my hair i'm not i haven't finished it yet the new look i wear wearing a backwards hat for too much of the day. And now it's flat in weird places. And I gave myself an eye infection. Yeah. I walked around and I was in the world too much. Don't do that. Stay at home. Clean eyes. No, what I did was last week, get it? No, it's okay, yes. Come, yes. 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 Have a seat. There's so many. Oh, is that it? How are you guys? Yeah? What is... Oh, are you also a part of this group? No. No, but you answered for them. How are you guys? I'm fucking good. Where were you? What happened? What happened? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. We were here early. How did can I ask a follow-up question? How did you buy tickets for two weeks from now? They were online. That's even just the way you said that sounds like you've never used the internet before. They were online. It's like in the early what, late 90? When would it have been? When was The Net a movie? When we were like, I'm pretty sure we're going to all call it The Net. <laughs> so we will commit hard to this. I liked those, that era of movies so much. That was Sandra Bullock. What was the enemy? Some sort of hacker was doing something. Does anyone remember? 
identity theft? Was that what it was? Wow. Well, that actually predicted like a real problem. That's like a real, like a real legit problem that we have to get like insurance for and stuff. Good job, the net. I, for some reason, thought it was going to be like the movie Ghost. Do you guys remember in the movie Ghost that like computers are involved? Also, this also happens in the Matrix because I rewatched the original Matrix not long ago. And do you remember in like the era of movies where like a computer talks to you and that is like so fucking crazy? How many movies that was in where there's somebody like sitting staring at like an Apple IIe and then it like goes like boom and then there's just a flashing cursor and it's like, hello, Cameron. Like, we thought that the scariest thing that was ever going to happen in terms of technology was that a computer was going to talk to us. And now we talk to the computer. Our computers are listening right now in our phone pockets. They know everything. They have already solved my eye infection, but they're just not telling us. I went to the doctor even for it. I never go to the doctor. Not one ever time because I'm very healthy. Um, it was okay, actually. He was chill. I think I had a gay doctor, which made me feel great. He didn't ask me if I was pregnant to give me eye medication or anything. And usually that's, like, not how it goes. You always have to answer if you're pregnant. And then I have to be like, I don't think so. And then they have to be like, how do you know? And then I'm like... How do you not know? (laughs) Oh man, do you know what this is making me think of? I don't think I've ever told this story here. Um, When I, okay, you guys, you know me, you know me. Um, (laughs) Now I'm very stable and rich. But that hasn't always been the case. Uh, you know, you guys know Cami Esposito in her 20s. What a artist. <laughs> Didn't even have a bed, slept in a blanket pile. My roommates were circus performers. Not a lie. Um, I, you know what happened was, I got hit by a car riding my bike. Because I lived in Chicago, people actually rode their bikes. It was a punk rock cool thing to do. And if you were a queer woman and you didn't ride a bike... I don't trust I didn't trust you Um, and you had to wear jean shorts that you cut yourself and they had to be tight it was a whole thing Um, but yeah so I got hit by a car I was in the bike lane had a helmet on it's totally their fault they hit me I went face first through their windshield I know this is what my face looks like after going through a windshield so try and imagine how unapproachably gorgeous I was before. That one was a cheat. That's an old joke. I used to tell that joke, so sorry. But, anyway, I had facial stitches, and also I dented her car with my, uh, with my knee. Yeah, thank you. Whoever said good job. So I was on crutches, I had facial stitches, and then the woman I was dating... Um, got hit 
six days later, six blocks from where I had been hit. And while she went, so she called me, first of all, instead of an ambulance, which is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> but she called me and I was at a specialist trying to like get um, like plastic surgery sutures so that I didn't have facial scarring and was like, I've gotta go! And left and got in the cab and and went, took the train and showed up at the hospital, like walked into the like trauma ward, the ER. I don't know if this has happened. Sure, I guess if you're an ER doctor, you've seen a lot of shit, but I will say that somebody on crutches with facial stitches, like coming in and being like, I'm here for somebody else, I'm fine, but. My girlfriend's here. <laughs> oh man, it was a whole thing too, because, oh my God, you guys, there's so much more. <laughs> she had to have a bunch of, she had to have, well, first of all, I saw her get staples in her head, which you guys might not know this, but how do you put staples in a human head? Just like you're putting up a poster. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, they put staples in her head and then they had to do a bunch of x-rays um, and then they found out that she had a tumor in her lungs. I know, you guys, but it wasn't uh, cancerous. So we had to like have a biopsy and stuff. She just had a tendency to grow benign tumors and um, I had a tendency to keep in touch with exes. So <laughs> we did not stay together, but I did know I did continue to know how her tumors were doing. <laughs> and uh, she was a dancer. And so, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, she was a dancer. And so, you know, I dated other women and she dated other women. But I, I have a savior complex because I was raised Catholic and you know, always trying to be that guy. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway. She moved, she didn't even live in the same, we didn't even live in the same state. She lived in New York. And she was also not American. I say that because she was like not super familiar with the American medical system. And then her then girlfriend was also not American. And then I, turns out, American. So she uh, found out she had a tumor on her vertebrae and they were gonna have to take her vertebrae out and then put metal into her neck and um, so it was my job as you guys guessed it her ex-girlfriend <laughs> that didn't live nearby to fly there <laughs> and just kind of like make sure everything was okay <laughs> I know <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, why didn't I sh wish I had that money back? <laughs> I went there and like, she was very welcoming, but extremely passive aggressive, I'll tell you one way. Um, she, I don't know why this is true, but I slept in her bedroom and she and her girlfriend slept in the living room. I don't know why this is true. <laughs> But it was one of these where I was like, well, good night. I shut the door, and then on the back of the door, there was just a strap on. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You don't leave that on the back of the door. I mean, just even like hygienically, you know what I mean? You don't want to wash it twice, so you can like wash, put it away, and it's airtight. It doesn't matter. Um... But I knew that I had to leave and go. I did that thing. I've only done this one time, and this is the time. I went straight to the airport and was just like, put me on the next flight. Has anybody ever done that? It's very dramatic. Um, I have done that that time because I stayed for a couple days and was just like, like useless. And then her girlfriend was a playwright, and my ex was <coughs> on tons of pain medication. And so... Uh, naturally, what we did was played Scrabble together. <laughs> and, like, I don't know how other people work shit out, but, like, I will say that queer women, like, holy shit, that was a really intense game of Scrabble. Lots <laughs> of, like, triple word score! She's my girlfriend now, you know? But I literally knew I had to leave because I beat her girlfriend. That is a bad move. You don't do that when you're the visiting ex-girlfriend who's American and somehow thinks you have knowledge of the American medical... I don't know what I was... But let the current girlfriend win. Is the, if, I could give, if I could leave you with any message. It would be like, you know in your heart what your Scrabble score should be. So it doesn't have to be that on that day. That was very... That was a whole thing. Well. The rest of the show is going to start really soon. But I do have to say, before I um, bring everybody out, thank you for laughing when I was so funny. Um, And also for, like, trusting me at all. I feel like this is, like, right now I'm my primal self. This is, I feel like it is my sixth grade birthday party and I'm wearing my red glasses and my William Wegman roller skating dog t-shirt waiting to see who's gonna come over. I never wear my glasses in public because they're too strong. Do you see how little my eyes are? It's not cute. Wait, did someone say wait? Okay. They're They're great? No, thank you. Yeah, I yes, thank you. It's also a safety issue because I can't see like here <laughs> at all. But thank you. Was that you that said they were great, or back there? No, she's no. <laughs> I hate them. I don't trust you. Your eyes are too small. You said they were great. Thank you so much. Do you wear glasses? I can't see you. Why? What? (laughs) Do you drive a car? Do you ever turn right or left? (laughs) Okay. Sounds like you drive in LA. That's what's up with everybody. Well, thank you for your support. And may I just suggest that you get glasses. <laughs> it's not so bad. How bad do you think the one eye is? I know how bad I know how bad it is. You know what your prescription is? It's 22 
I think you're okay. Does anybody know their actual prescription? I bet I could beat you guys. Does anybody know their actual prescription? Yes, you do. What is it? You're fuck you. <laughs> fuck you forever. Does anyone know their actual prescription? Yes. Uh, it's nothing. It's my human eyes. I just look out of my human eyes. <laughs> Yeah, my ears. I have ears. They're shaped in a way that is aids my hearing. (laughs) You're funny. I like you. Does anyone else know it? Does anyone like know it? Just yell. I can't see you. Just yell. Ha! Eat it. Okay, cool. That was cute. They came together. Anybody else? Well, you win. You actually do win. Where are you? I can't see you. Can you see me? (laughs) Neither of us can experience each other right now. Do you hear my voice? I hear your voice. Describe yourself. I look like Leonardo DiCaprio. In the Basketball Diaries. Okay, well, are you guys ready for a great show? Oh, you have been so fun. You know what? Tonight is a really special night. Um, We miss Rhea, obviously, who usually co-hosts this show. She's seeing some uh, baseball tonight because we are going on tour starting this Thursday. It's her last time to see a baseball game. So I said, Rhea, go see a baseball game. And so I will be here with you all night. Um, But... I'm very excited because a bunch of people on this show are people I've known forever. You know, when you do this job, it's a small community, and even if you live in different coasts, you get to know each other. But these, some of the people on this show are people I actually started with. Um, and this first comic is one of those people. You know, when I started in Chicago, uh, it was me and, like, one other female comic and then 200 of the manyest men's. Uh, <laughs> And she is doing so well, um, and I'm really proud of her, and I know that you guys are going to love her because she's hilarious. So let's hear it right now for Beth Stelling. Give it up for Beth. Welcome. It was a good time to sneak in. But I still made it scary for you. Good to be here. Thank you, Cameron. That was very nice. Uh, there's some other treats. Some of those many treats. Men, the manyest of men treats. Later. I'm a woman, so that's, that was the one she was talking about. Well, I love silence so much, sometimes I like to sit in it. And uh, so that's what I was doing just there. Um, it feels really good when people want more, you know? <laughs> when they expected more from you right up top. And, uh, and you don't give it to them, you know? So. Taking a little time off stand-up. And <laughs> I'm back, baby! 
Uh, I was in New York City. I was writing on a show. And, you know, when you do that, sometimes you're too tired to then go out after. Uh, living in New York was fun. New York's the only place that uh, that I have ever seen a bird take a dump on the cash opening of an ATM machine. <laughs> Even the birds in New York are like, let me help you understand something. <laughs> Your money's no good here. <laughs> you know. So I got back from writing on that show, and then I, I tried to do stand-up for a week, and that was fine. And then I thought, I'm going to take my mom on a little vacation that I planned six months ago uh, and she just <laughs> just some real spur of the moment and I took my mom retired from teaching after 34 years and I took her to yeah Lady Diane I took her uh, to Kauai uh, for a, a little trip which what neither of us had been and it was an incredible vacation I've I don't know if I've ever taken a vacation honestly we grew up with her Lady Diane just with that teaching money and <laughs> we never took a trip still to this day most of my vacations are stand-up vacations so it was a joy and my mom she raised us well through all kinds of stuff lice scabies yeah i don't have it anymore and we got lice was just because my mom uh, I, that was me. I did that. I did the lice. I have two older sisters, and I went to preschool, and my mom was like, don't try on any hats, you know, and I was like, oh, do it anyway. <laughs> All the lice onto my head. I also got chicken pox on purpose. I, would, I wanted to miss school, and uh, so I found the girl that had them, and I was like, hey... <laughs> And then it was actually my little sister, Hannah, that got scabies for all of us. Because so, one, one person has a disease from the Middle Ages. Everybody gets it. You know, it's trying to take out a group. And it didn't get us. Not us. We survived. My sister got scabies from a sleepover in middle school. She, she shared a sleeping bag with another girl. And, you know, it wasn't even worth it. You know, because I just feel like if she were gay now, I'd be like, of course, happily got scabies for you. Not even gay. And so it was for nothing. You know, we just, we, it, it was just, they didn't even do anything fun in that bag, you know. She just gave us a disease. Yeah, so the trip with my mom was great. She's fun. I was trying to teach her how to do Google, like do the Google app where you can Google anything. And the best part about the Google app is the interface. It looks great. And then if you press the little microphone, it's like, feels good. You know, like, it's like, why does this feel so good? You know, maybe just me. And I was trying to get my mom to say, like, let's find where the craft fair is. So I pressed it and I wanted her to say, Kauai craft fair or whatever. And so I pressed it and I hold it up to my mom and she goes, hello. <laughs> instructions you were supposed to then say what we're looking for she goes well i don't even know siri that well and then i was like all right well she that's actually wasn't even her it was google but 
so you know the people who stand out for Planned Parenthood on the sidewalk they're out in full force lately uh, of course it's needed and so I usually say something like oh, I'm already donating or to the you know this or that and I'm typically eating ice cream when I pass so they know I'm in a rush you know and I'm donating it's melting and um, but the people who are rude that walk by they do irritate me because you could just acknowledge and just say you know and so I run them down and I grab them by the shoulders the cone is in my mouth I'm just kidding I put set the cone on my shoulder I grab them by the shoulders and I go can you you know, like that, as I really scare them, you know. And then they'll be like, no, I don't know. I'm like, get back there and donate. You know, that's the whole plan. And uh, they don't do it. They don't, they don't donate. They don't end up going back and donating. So I'm going to try it a couple more times and then see if it hits. Uh... I was in the bathroom back there. I was actually just peeing. And, but before a show, sometimes people get nervous and they might diarrhea. But I don't know. This wasn't the case for the person before me because it smelled fine. But there was, the toilet paper had what I can only describe as knuckle marks. Okay, just like... You know how sometimes they leave a small little design on the toilet paper? This was TP Knuckle, you know? And then my imagination started running. And I, I don't know, were they, you know, using it to get up, you know, from the, from the toilet? Or were, were they, like, in pain? Like, ow! Ah! You know, or maybe they're, uh, I don't know, some people, or some people. So then... Or were they, or were they just like, I guess, you know, like they didn't really want to do it. Absolutely not. You guys have been great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let's have our best selling one more time. Oh, Beth is hilarious. Yes, yes, that's a good spot. I feel good about that spot. You, that you just got there, right? Yeah. It's, it's a great view. You're gonna get sign and a little bit of butt. <laughs> Which is always the best way to watch. Stand up. <laughs> Ass first. Well, anyway, should we keep, hey, should we get the, uh, Wait, I mean, can I ask you a question? Do I not even have to say it? All this time, I've been hosting shows for like, I would say 16 years. So are you telling me that I can just say melodic sounds, pause, kind of gesture, do this with my head and you guys will just figure it out? Great, that's, that's great news. Okay, well, we've got more show. Uh, this next comic, are you, are you ready for Are you ready for an additional comedian? Hey, you know what? Me too. 
Uh, I killed it just then. <laughs> Friend of the show. You're going to like him. Let's hear it right now for Nick Flanagan. Give it up for him. Come on. <laughs> Friend of the show. A nice self-esteem boost that is. That's good. How's everyone doing tonight? You collectively smell wonderful. I'm overpowered uh, by your delightful smell. Yeah, I know. Wow, someone gave the wow. That is a very creepy way to begin the set. Reaction. I understand. Look, I'm in the late end of my 30s. As a guy, anything I do is creepy at this point, so I can say whatever. It's all the same level of what? <laughs> um, I am at this age, maybe other people are here with me, um, an age where I genuinely am having trouble remembering whether or not my couple friends have pets or children. Okay, so you know what I mean here. You guys get the sense of, I know they own something that breathes. I know that. They have a breathing organism under their tutelage. That is what I know. And the names don't help these days. They're like, uh, hey, come to Cage's birthday on Saturday. And I don't know what that is. Oh, Cage just got vaccinated. I don't know. I still don't know. Come to Cage's birthday on Saturday. It's at the park. I still... What is this? So what I do is I buy a squeeze toy. I go to the park. I find Cage and I throw it at him. If Cage catches it, it's a delightful dog. If not, it is a useless baby or cat. And then, to narrow it down, sometimes I'll pull out a can of tuna and be like, baby or cat. If it gets the tuna, I know we've... Ugh, baby. <laughs> Ugh, baby. I, uh, would like to have a baby. I think I'm ready to have a baby. First of all, I can do a live-action reenactment of uh, the Where's Waldo books, where I'm Waldo, <laughs> for the kids, so I don't need to buy those books. This podcast is visual, right? Um, no, I think I'm ready for a baby, and I think, I think the reasoning is sound um, for why I, I should have a baby. I want to have a baby so I can create a little clone of myself whose DNA I can then extract in order to resuscitate the desiccated husk that you see before you. <laughs> Noble. Very noble. I guess, I guess it's not really supported by you guys morally. That's fine. I'll do my thing. I don't even think I, that technology is there yet, though, so I'll just become like a stage father and make it act. <laughs> Have it live through me. It's a hard time to be creative these days. Have you noticed via my set? <laughs> this is a very difficult time to be creative as I am proving with every word out of my mouth. It just is. I write a joke. I go on Twitter. That joke was written in 2008. Black Twitter already covered everything good. <laughs> I got nothing to add. Then it's like, oh, I got a great idea for a web series. I go on YouTube. It turns out uh, people are already reviewing video games. Okay, fine. I won't do that. And it's like, there's no, there's no, and that's the most creative thing to do, right? Review video games. And, 
it's like okay well this this none of this creative stuff will work i'll just get a job even linkedin someone's already assumed my identity on linkedin i can't even get a job <laughs> buy the domain name back <laughs> um I think that's like social media would have stopped all religions had it existed in the ancient times. Like J Jesus would have been like, the Jews already have like five million followers. I'm not fucking with this. <laughs> Plus they're getting a lot of pushback. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> it's also a hard time to be creative because um, uh, if you're anything like me, you're spending uh, 23 hours a day on pornography and the next hour just sort of dissecting what you saw. Being like, was that real? Was there a beatboxer present during the filming of this making some of those noises? <laughs> I feel like when I say beatboxer, I sound like the oldest person in the world. <laughs> Someone who doesn't actually know what that is. The beatboxer is present making the noises. She is. Um, yeah, if you're anything like me, you're spending a lot of time with the porn ever present in our life, and I am exposed because of this to so many better genitals than mine. <laughs> Everyone's got better genitals than me. Bigger genitals, smoother genitals. Smoothness is underrated. It's not the motion of the ocean, it's the calmness <laughs> of the ocean. I am thinking of switching to magnums, though as the means of ending my life. I hear they take your whole head right off, just like they leave a fishbone sticking out the neck. I want to alarm the finder. I wouldn't commit suicide, though. I know some of you are already uh, dialing that number that was made popular in a recent rap song. Um, I, I would never commit suicide because that's a crime. And I am an immigrant from Canada, so I would be deported if I committed it to a place that would heal me for free and rehabilitate my mental state for no money, extra money. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd last a day in prison. I don't. I know you think I would, I wouldn't. Because <laughs> as soon as I step through those golden gates, the uh, warden would find, take one look at me and he'd say, oh, you are far too radical a dude for prison. Get out of here. <laughs> You're perfect. Never change. <laughs> My mother uh, overloved me. Thank you very much. I've been Nick Flanagan. <laughs> You've been wonderful. sort of you guys can and then just goodbye <laughs> it was fun hello how are you doing i'm thank thank you i'm good yeah what was your day like what do you do i work at hallmark channel we've have, we've talked because you work at hallmark channel and we've talked about how your job is the best and thanks so much for your service. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really... <gasps> oh, oh, you know what? Was this a Hallmark Channel movie? Rhea and I were on vacation, and I think we watched a Hallmark Channel movie. Um, it was called Mrs. Washington Goes to Smith. 
Okay, well, it was similar. <laughs> it started Sybil Shepherd. I. The whole concept of the movie is exactly what the title is. And the whole reason for the title is because it's a pun. <laughs> or like, not even a pun. A word switch. <laughs> like, somebody was like, I know, I know, like, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but what if it's Mrs. Washington goes to Smith? Yes. I wish you did it, too. It was so good. Sybil Shepard, you know her. She um, didn't finish college because she had kids. So then she goes back at her current age, the age of Sybil Shepherd, and she gets a, she goes to Smith, actually Smith, which is also depicted very inaccurately in this movie. I don't know if you guys know anything about Smith College, but it is in the Pioneer Valley in um, Massachusetts, and uh, when you're a young lesbian, you live in Boston, you will go just kind of drive around. <laughs> Let's see what's going on there. I used to play rugby. The Smith girls were so fucking serious. Uh, they were they they broke my ankle and they were they didn't fuck around. Um, and I went to Boston College and our team was like silly laughing guys and secretly dating each other. <laughs> Not me. I was so gay and just like ah, known to be best friends with because they're already best friends in groups of two. <laughs> I guess I'm just in it for the sport. <laughs> but yeah, this fake Smith, this Hollywood Smith is all like, oh, anyway, so Sybil Shepherd goes there and she just gets a roommate. Like she's supposed to be a returning student who's the age of Sybil Shepherd now and the like Smith admissions people are like, you just will be with this college student and you guys will be roommates with each other <laughs> so she's roommates with like a 19 year old and then they fall for the same man <laughs> but it is also great because Sybil Shepherd at the beginning of the movie has like long mousy has like a long mousy wig on and like kind of like a like a smock and then she, the roommate gives her a makeover, and at the end of the makeover, she like turns around, and it's just, oh, that actually Sybil Shepherd. Like, the best they could do was just like blonde hair, normal Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> anyway, I'd really recommend it. The movie, I'd really recommend it. Very good movie. Do you have anything in the works like that? What are we? What do we have to look forward to this Christmas? Well, what are what? Can you just preview thirty-three movies? Can you preview what one of them centers around? Yeah, no, I got that. But I'm asking, are you with them or a separate? Oh, what's happening? You work with an attorney? Is that what you said? Oh, you work in entertainment? Yeah. I know. We, we all do. Like, somebody here is like, not me, I'm a librarian. The one person. But even they work at, like, the library at Warner Brothers or whatever. 
I was asking because, like, you know, the Hallmark movies always are, they're the best because they're always called Ice Sculpture Christmas and it's about ice sculptures <laughs> and love. The formula is, these people are going to be, hey, the formula is, this career gal needs to go back to where she came from, her hometown, meet a nice man who either still lives there or is visiting his parents, and they're going to be brought together by whatever's in the title. Oh, wow. So the rest of the show's canceled. You guys, are you ready for more show? I knew you would be. Uh, This next comic, it is her first time on the show. Whenever it's somebody's first time, you know, we go super wild. We welcome them with with so much extra clapping. Uh, So let's hear right now from Madison Shepard. Give it up. Hey, y'all. What's up? I'm Madison Shepard. Hi. Hi. Uh, I have a boyfriend and he is super well dressed. Like he always wears a suit and tie. Um, so anytime we go someplace, people just assume he's my social worker. Um, you know, gonna teach me how to shop for groceries and one day get my kids back. You know, just like <laughs> one day at a time in my household. That's how we how we do it. <laughs> Uh, I'm in black love. Thank you so much. I'm in black love. This is where you clap, white people. This is where you clap. <laughs> Normally, if there's a, another black woman here, um, she just is in the back like, yes, girl, yes, oh! Get your black man, yeah. <laughs> and this is the time in the show where I need to remind everyone that I'm half white devil and stealing y'all's mans. Anyways, um... <laughs> My boyfriend is black, and he's he, he's just so lovely. He was at my house the other day, and um, he was grooming his mustache and beard, and I was just watching him. I was like, "What the? What is going on?" Uh, and he called me to him. He was like, "Come here, baby." And I was like, "Oh my god, me? Okay, you know, in my own home." <laughs> so you know, I went because I I I come when I'm called, and um, so. I leaned in, I was expecting a smooch, maybe a poop on the nose, something, and instead he proceeded to groom my mustache and beard. So, you know, that's black love in 2017, if you wanted to know what it is. I, uh, I support Black Lives Matter. Not a shocking thing for a black person to say, but I'm gonna say it because this is recorded. You know what I mean? Gotta let the, gotta let the folks know. <laughs> Don't let the name fool you, I'm brown as fuck. Um, Like a lot of folks who support the movement, I'm doing my part, you know what I mean? So like, um, anytime the police get to killing an unarmed black man, I get to fucking one, you know? So, look, spin on an old classic, they say, um, you know, hands up, don't shoot, and I say face down, ass up. You know, that's kind of my take, and you're more than welcome to use that, please. Fuck a black person and use that. <laughs> uh, I feel like um, by saying my boyfriend is black, that's just shorthand to let you guys know my mom is white. Um, only people with white moms brag about the color skin their partner is. Um, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to all our white moms. Go on, clap it up. Clap it up for them. They're on an email chain. <laughs> 
My mom is actually not with us. Um, she's in Sherman Oaks, which is <laughs> 15 minutes away from where I live. Um, it's very hard for me. Pray for me. But um, my, uh, my mom is born again, which is like fine. Good for her. I'm glad she's done that. Uh, it gives her some meaning to her life. I'm really happy for her. But she's been reading the Bible a lot lately. And she told me, Madison, I'm so glad you're growing your hair out. Oh, it just looks so beautiful. You know, that's that's where you get your power. That's your crown and glory. Well, that and your big tits. And I was like, oh, I missed that part in the Bible, Mom. I didn't. What a body positive message in the New Testament. Did you know? Um, and she was like, don't make fun of it, Madison. Don't make fun of it. Because one day, you're also going to be into the Bible. When you're my age, you're going to be Christian. And I was like, don't fucking threaten me, Molly. You know, just <laughs> drew the line right in the sand. Not today, bitch. Um... My mom's a badass, though. She's a, she's a fucking tough woman. She raised a black baby by herself in this little hood in Dallas, Texas called Oak Cliff. Um, shout out. It's my hood. <laughs> Thank you, other brown person. And um, you see, we just really call and respond. That's our whole, it's part of our culture. Y'all see. Um, you can't appropriate that, but try. Um, so... I'm, you know, Oak Cliff, it's, it's great. It's gentrifying now, which means it basically has sidewalks and books and everything, which is like, wow, um, unique and special. Oh, I touched a nerve. I'm sorry. <laughs> How's Echo Park? Okay. Um, <laughs> so when you're raised in the hood by a white woman, you get angry like a white woman. So um, if my green juice isn't to my liking or... Um, I get poor service at the library. I just like to go straight up to the counter. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a longtime Yelp reviewer and I will have your job come Monday and storm the fuck out of there, you know what I mean? Just hot, knees up, you know, just really. I feel like when people see me, they're like, you're such an angry black woman. And that is true, I am. I just, I wish that they would see me as the angry white woman. I also am. Um, <laughs> shout out to angry white women. You know, clap it up for yourselves. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I mean, the best part about being mixed other than um, this beautiful skin, thank you, it's befreckled and wrinkleless. Yes, you'll never know how old I am. <laughs> until I open the back of my mouth and all my teeth are gone in 10 years. But, um, you know, uh, the best part is no one ever gets mad at me for not knowing who Frank Zappa is. You know, like that's part of my story. Like a lot of angry white women, I, uh, I marched in D.C. at the Women's March. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. It didn't work. It didn't take... Um, you know what they say, but like after the party, it's the hotel lobby and after the lobby, it's or whatever that child rapist said that we loved. Remember that? <laughs> I was just trying to dance to that fucking abuser. <laughs> okay. Um, just want to re remind us all how awful we are. Um, so anyways, um, I did march. My favorite part uh, about being in D.C., though, was going to the African-American History Museum, which black folks who are here, all one and a half, uh, including me, um, if you haven't been, if you haven't been, go. It's amazing. Bring tissues. My favorite part was any time I approached a display, I just saw white people move the fuck out of my way. <laughs> um, it's like they just... 
they just knew I had that VIP status. Like, oh, she's descended from Georgia slaves, that one, you know? It was really cool. Also, my favorite part is when I left, my aunt just palmed me $50. I was like, thanks, white auntie. Thank you, tax-free. I loved it. <laughs> Using that white guilt. It wasn't her, but, you know, I was really a fan of that. Um, I won't bore you with the details of the march. I will just say this. Alicia Keys made everyone chant the words to this girl is on fire. <laughs> Bitch, stay in your lane. You only sing songs about New York City, ho. What are you doing? <laughs> Alicia. <laughs> oh, God, no. I think I'll leave you guys with this, but um, I was walking in Silver Lake, and for those listening at home, Silver Lake is, uh, well, you know, I, I live there, uh, and uh, I wear Warby Parkers, and, um, you know, I have a Hamlet tattoo on my ankle, like some kind of old-timey whore. <laughs> um, I got it at 27 when I was working in accounting. Um, uh, you know, I drink espresso out of mason jars. That, you know, that's, someone keyed my priest and I said, oh, bitch, I deserved it. Who <laughs> had it coming? <laughs> had it fucking coming. Um, but I was walking in Silver Lake and a, a homeless man, he offered me a swig of his pop pop vodka in a brown paper bag. And I said, no, boo boo, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and just kept it pushing. Um, and then he shouted after me, um, what do I got to do to get my dick stuck around here? Put a gun in your head? Uh, um, just step up your vodka game to a smear enough and then we can talk. I mean, <laughs> I'm not better than nobody. <laughs> Plus, like, I do comedy in Los Angeles, California. You know, does he think he's going to be the first homeless dick I suck this year? You know what I'm saying? I mean, look around to your left and right. My name is Madison Shepard. You guys have been an absolute delight. Thank you. Keep it going for Madison. Oh man, you know what I forgot to tell you guys? The whole, I forgot to tell you guys that, oh, so I gave myself an eye infection because I flew to Chicago, went straight to a Cubs game, sat in really good seats, took my dad, he went basically crying the entire time, so excited, loved it, good job, me. <laughs> then I went to Detroit because I was going to give Lily Tomlin an award, and then, I know, that was super fun. Uh, from an LGBT center there that does really great work and um, called the Ruth Ellis Center. If you're listening on the podcast, you should donate to them. They do amazing stuff um, in Detroit. And you know what else is really cool? I got to do stand-up for her. Like, it was a show, and she was receiving the, the award, and then um, I got to tell jokes. And I brought my mom as my date to the fundraiser thing. <laughs> And my mom sat next to Lily Tomlin. Weirdly, the weirdly the second time my mom has sat next to Lily Tomlin at a fundraiser where I did stand up in the last four months. Um, so my my like and kind of the perfect person. Do you know what I mean? Because my parents sort of understand what I do for a living, but you know they they were to come out here and then I would be like, oh, like you won't even. I'm like doing so great, and here are some of the proofs that. A lot of them don't mean anything to them, but if I just if I just make Lily Tomlin appear, they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fun because I got to do stand up uh, in front of Lily, and she leaned over and she told my mom. She said, "Hey, she's great. She's you're gonna, she's gonna be fine." And then my mom, my mom told me afterwards, she was like, 
I did not. I didn't cry. And I just want you to know I did that for you. You know? Like, <laughs> she's a huge fan of Lily's. She's, like, loved her since, you know, laughing. And this was so validating for her. But she just went, like, yes. Thank you. you know? <laughs> that was very cute. Uh, moms are cute dates, is what I will say. Um, she looked so cute, too. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just... Check my Instagram. It's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, you guys, we have two comics left on the show. Do you have it in your heart for two more comics? I knew that you would. Uh, you know how I said there was a couple of Chicagoans on the show? Both of these final comics, people I know from Chicago, the city where I'm from. Um, and uh, this comic is, is one of those people. So let's hear it right now. Welcome to L.A., Mr. Martin Morrow. Give it up for Martin. Yeah. We went black to black. How about that, huh? There we go. It's fun. Uh, I've, I just moved here three days ago, which is dope. Yeah. Fun. Uh, it was either this or rehab, so I paid the right choice. I was traveling a bunch to figure out where I wanted to go, and I went to New York for a little bit, and I was like, I'll be a tourist for a day and explore the city. And I went to Times Square, and they had all these people dressed up as, like cartoon characters and superhero stuff like that. I saw one dude who was dressed up as Olaf from the hit Disney classic Frozen. He had a full snowman costume, and at the bottom, he was wearing Timberland boots. <laughs> so I want to see whatever he's about to do. So I camped out, and this dad walks up with his daughter, and the dad goes, sweetheart, do you know who that is? And the guy, Joseph, as Olaf goes, I'm the nigga from Froze. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> You've shattered so many realities in this moment, sir. <laughs> Wild. I've been, I've been try, I'm from Alabama, so I'm like a trash person uh, in my heart. But I've been trying to improve. I'm trying to be a better person in life and stuff. And so I started hanging out with woke people, uh, which, like, on the surface is good. Like, you learn that, like, milk is bad and shit like that. Uh, but the truth of it is that woke people ruin fun. I don't know if you guys know that. Anything fun you're trying to do, don't hang out with woke people because it will not be fun anymore. They've read too many books about it. Uh, right? I hung out with woke people on the 4th of July, which is like the worst holiday to do that on. And I was just going to do like 4th of July stuff, like eat hot dogs and watch fireworks and things right there, right, you know? And uh, I walk in, and my, my woke friend's like, you celebrating this day, young brother? On this day against our people, the red, the white, and the blue, the white for the whiteness of the white man's skin, the red for the blood they shed, the blue for the air and water show. I was like, what was that last part? How... <laughs> And that factor in. <laughs> I was like, nah, man, I just came in here to eat. You put that food in your body, huh, young brother? Did that poison in your ebony Nubian body, huh, young brother, huh? The meats, the fruits, the cheeses, the vegetables. Like, that's all the things. It's all the things I could eat. <laughs> it's all, like, what am I supposed to eat then? It's like, you need to be eating the African soil, young brother. I was like, it's like a trip after making a day. I don't know if I can do that. I realize even worse, though, are woke white people. Uh, no offense to all of you. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. Every woke white person I've ever met, it always feels like when you teach a toddler a word. <laughs> I 
And they just keep repeating that word over and over to drive it in. They know that word, right? So I was like, I'm the most progressive progressive that's ever progressive. Nobody is progressive as me. And if you try, I'm going to get you fired. Blog post, nose rings. Like, no, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Trying also, to also watch my health, too, because I think that's important. And I went to a doctor, like, hey, you have a high cholesterol level, and you need to, like, eat better. And I was like, I can't, no. Because uh, I like food, and I don't like working out, and, you know, that's just how life works sometimes. And I think the thing is, like, no one on their deathbed has ever been like, I'm glad I ate all that kale. It's not ever happened. They also, they did, like, a, a evaluation of, like, my sadness, I guess is what you call it. And, and like Tess, like, are you sad? I was like, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> All the time. And I found out that I was depressed. I, had, I found out I was like clinically depressed, which I felt bad mostly because I felt like I was culturally appropriating white people for the first time. They <laughs> just took your shit. Just, that's like the one thing you hold on to. It's like seasons. And then I just took it from you. That's the thing, like, black people, we don't really deal with mental health a lot, right? It's just like, I don't know if you guys have researched black people. I know there's two other black people here, but, you know, they could attest for this. We don't really, like, deal with mental health a lot. And uh, that's, that's mostly your fault, uh, white people. Uh, because every year there's a new slave movie out, right? Like, every year it's like, hey, black people, remember the worst years in history for you in America? Well, here's three more hours of it. Starring Idris Elba, huh? If you want to be, if you want to be Bond, you got to start with this. That's what you do. It sucks, man. You know, and I, and I think one thing we have to think about always is like, if you were to time travel as a black person and like meet up with a slave, like what that interaction would be like. Because I feel like my problems would be so petty compared to everything that the slave has gone through, right? Like I go back in time, I'm like, oh, what's up, Mr. Slave? I'm, I found out I'm repressed. I'm going through a bad breakup. It's like, oh, you got a bad breakup, huh? You know they sold my family. Like touche, good point. <laughs> My apologies, sir. <laughs> also, like, I found this out that we have, like, the lowest suicide rate of anyone in the country, which is remarkable, because we have so much struggle that we deal with every single day, just all the time, just, like, police and this shit, everything, right? And I, I, think, I think a lot of it is because we just come up with a new dance and keep it moving. That's just how <laughs> we roll. And also, though, like, every stereotype would kind of ruin the suicide fun, right? We can't have, like, dope suicides. Like, if I, as a black person, just drown myself, be like, oh, we told you they couldn't swim. Like, that's the only thing that would happen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or if I set myself on fire, be like, oh, man, his mixtape must have been hot. Like, oh. <laughs> you guys are like, we don't fuck with that. Don't do that. <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> But yeah, I, uh, I also have been trying to be a better man, so I've been watching Sports Center on ESPN, which is like the worst show in human history. I've ever seen it. It's always like a really skinny white dude with a journalism degree, then the biggest, blackest ex football player in a 16 piece suit. <laughs> and their conversations are always the same, right? It's like, wow, that was a great game of football. A lot of great football things happened during that football game. What did you think? Well, I feel sometimes you gotta run the ball. <laughs> and if you don't run the ball, you gotta throw the ball. And that's how you win the game. I agree. Now let's send it to Skinny Blonde Girl down to the field. Hi, I'm Skinny Blonde Girl down to the field. 
right now, I'm with one of the losing players, but even in defeat, he's doing better than all of us in life. Let's get some words with him. Well, he was trying our best, but the other team was also trying their best. We was hoping our best to be better than they best. We hope that at the next game, our best be better than they best. Then eventually, it will be the best best that's ever been bested by the best and the best, the best and the best. Then we go to Super Bowl. God bless. So. <laughs> this has been fun, man. And the thing is, in comedy, you don't get to have fun shows like this all the time, right? Like recently, I got to perform in front of the biggest audience ever had. 7,000 people. Thank you, 7,000 people. Three minutes later, I was booed by 7,000 people. <laughs> I was opening up for a man by the name of Cat Williams. You probably heard of him. Yeah, yeah, and if you heard my set, not Barry Cat Williamsy. <laughs> and every comic that went up before me was like, pussy dick, motherfucker, motherfucker, pussy dick. Dick, dick, motherfucker, motherfucker, pussy dick. Ever see a motherfucker put a dick in a pussy? Like, motherfucker, that's a dick in a pussy. <laughs> And I was like, I'm a sad boy. <laughs> and they were like, boo! We hate you! And this next part, 100% on me, 100% true. I get, yell, I get upset by this, yell back out. Don't get mad at me because you never met your fathers. Oh, yeah. Then they really hated me. <laughs> They're like, boo! Black Lives Matter! Except for that motherfucker right there. <laughs> so afterwards, like, hey man, Cat wants to talk to you. I'm like, Grady's gonna yell at me or choke me out on World Star or something, right? So I go backstage to meet Cat Williams. He was like, you're super cool. He goes, don't even worry about it. That's just niggas. I was like, thank you, Cat Williams. Niggas, too, and Mark Marlon. Enjoy this your night. Oh, Mark Marlon, one more time. I don't know if you're still back there, Martin. Uh, <laughs> 40,000. That, that is the number of people that I have bombed in front of. Um, and it was 40,000. 40, 40, uh, it's a lot of people, you're right. Uh, I was on a show and I had to follow a dude who was using the F word, like the gay F word, quite a bit. And I was in the wings wearing a white leather jacket and just listening to the way that the audience was laughing at the way he was saying that word and I knew like based on their reaction I was like oh they oh no <laughs> like they because he was like you know what if I was this and they were like that would be nuts and I was like should I like lose the jacket or like, <laughs> like oh man they're gonna really be surprised <laughs> So I walked out, and you know what? You know what was a fucking. I saw be. I saw Beyonce. This was this. This was at an outdoor venue. It happened to be in my hometown. I saw Beyonce perform on this on that stage when I was 16 and she was 16 and she was in Destiny's Child and they were part of like a large group of many people on the bill. They were not the headliners. I saw Beyonce not headline on this stage and that mattered to me. I just walked out and was just like, hello, <laughs> and this is my haircut. And they were like, 
When you bow in front of 40,000 people, it is loud. Like, that's what's weird about it. They can't even be, it's not even silence. It's just like, they're all having their own picnic. <laughs> and you're weirdly on jumbotrons on either side of yourself. <laughs> like, I wish, I almost wish I hadn't been able to see me. You know, like, that's a terrible thing. Just like, oh shit, she's doing really badly. <laughs> What are you gonna do? I didn't quit comedy. The next night, I did really. I the next night, I totally destroyed, um, and and did well. But you know what else I did? And this is a weird. Ugh, I've never said this, but I actually asked the guy because he was gonna still be ahead of me if he would consider not uh, telling that joke. Like I thought about it, stayed up all night, just like, oh my god. I don't want to censor somebody, but like it puts me in a bad position. And I'm just like looking myself in the mirror, like, like you can do it. it like, just ask, just ask. So I pulled him aside and I was like, "Hey, it is your set, and obviously you can do whatever you want. But I'm just wondering if, as a favor to me, you would not tell the joke that has the f word in a bunch. It really is difficult for me to follow that as a gay person." And he went. Oh, yeah. Okay, no problem. I don't, I don't care about that joke at all. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. It's, well, you should definitely keep saying <laughs> that. I could take it or leave it. it has no meaning to me. <laughs> um, yeah. But he, he didn't. He didn't, uh, he didn't say it that night. Um, I did really well. <sighs> so anyway, that's a real story. Well, we have one final comic tonight, and I am so excited. You know, he's done the show before, but he's a very special person to me. Um, when I was in Chicago, this was really the person who, like, got me through uh, doing stand-up there. It's like, the person I talked to about everything comedy-related and many life things. We hosted a show together for a bunch of years. Um, it's actually the show where I met Rhea. Um... And anyway, so this person is visiting L.A., and you're going to love him because I love him. And are you ready? Well, please, my friend, Mr. Adam Burke, give it up for Adam. How are we? How are we doing? One more time for the amazing Cameron Esposito. Let's hear it for Cameron. She's the best. I love her. It does mean a lot to be in the show. I love her to pieces. Her and Rhea have done an amazing thing. I feel bad I can't join into this weird how many people I've bombed in front of a pissing contest. That's a weird... Well, I bombed in front of a million people. It's a weird... That's nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, I, do, I do still live in Chicago. I've lived there for 13 years. But I grew up in Northern Ireland and London. That's why I've got this stupid fucked up accent. <laughs> I always mention it up top because the last time I didn't mention it, I got two minutes in and someone at the back yelled out, where the fuck are you from anyway? And the rest of the audience had been in public before. Uh, <laughs> but it's weird. <laughs> I had a rough
rough start to this year, man. I started this year, I twisted my ankle so badly, I was on crutches. The thing is, I don't know if you've noticed, when you're on crutches, people hate you. They just, like, they see you come into the restaurant, and they're like, oh, God. Like, it's just... Because it's such an elaborate yet inefficient way of getting around and you're kind of like, oh, my footsies. Like people either want you to be in a wheelchair or perfectly ambulatory. They don't like this halfway in between tripoding to work like a business casual buccaneer. They fucking hate it. And the way I did it, the way I twisted my ankle, I was actually involved, I was actually engaged in an extreme sport. Yeah, it's called walking through a doorway at 40. That's years of age, not miles per hour. I just walked through a door, the floor was kind of damp. I slipped, I caught air. All four of my tendons snapped like a cheap ukulele. I love telling that story in front of a hipster audience because the bit that horrifies the most is the concept of a cheap ukulele. They're just like, honestly. You have to at least go mini Gibson to do justice to the works of Stephen Foster, you know? <laughs> it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year for immigrants. Uh, yeah, so, someone knocked over the can so much. It has been a rough year for immigrants. Uh, immigrants have been used as a political football, which sucks, because immigrants don't like football. You should use them as a political soccer ball. That is a sport we understand. Oh, it's more slow and nuanced, I get it. Um, and again, don't be thrown by my thick Kentucky accent. I am a green card holder, I'm a permanent resident. So this whole travel ban thing scared the shit out of me. And all my friends were like, Adam, you know, the travel ban, that's not meant for you. That's meant for people who are from countries that are involved with terrorism. Like, yeah. I grew up in Northern Ireland. I don't know if you guys know the history. I hope to fuck Trump doesn't. A few months ago, he was playing a Northern Irish golfer called Rory McElroy. The whole time I was like, Rory, you shut the fuck up. He doesn't need to know. Some of you are still kind of staring at me. If you don't know, in Northern Ireland, in the late 70s, early 80s, there was something called the Irish Republican Army, the IRA. And they would get up to a bunch of goofy tricks and hijinks and pranks. And the British Army would come over like, knock it off, you silly bitches. And that would just lead to more pranks. These were mainly bomb-based pranks. This is, this is back when an Irish car bomb was more than a fucking drink. But not everybody knows that. So I have to be careful with a lot of political jokes because I, I don't want to get deported. Uh, which is, here's a round of applause. Who here is a natural born American citizen? By round of applause. Some people not clapping. They think this is an elaborate sting operation. <laughs> but you know that that is the one thing that your, the American government won't do to its own citizenry as punishment, they won't exile you. They won't kick you out of the country. It's in the Constitution. It's cruel and unusual punishment. They won't exile you. They'll kill you. They'll kill your dick off. <laughs> Which is how highly America thinks of itself as a country. They think you would rather die than have to live anywhere else. <laughs> they think you'd rather be strapped to a gurney and pumped full of Drano than have to learn how to drive on the left. That is confidence. <laughs> Other countries will exile you. Russia will exile you and then kill you. Because they realize if they execute you in Russia, they're basically doing you a favor. 
They want you to experience joy first and then take that away. They want you to be at Disneyland going, I finally made it. And then you hear a borscht-drenched voice behind you going, not so fast, comrade. And he stabs you in the back with a poisoned umbrella, which is an actual way the Russians once killed a guy, poisoned umbrella. You know how embarrassing that is to get murked by the penguin? You got Oswald cobble-potted off this mortal coil. Cause of death, Mary Poppins' mode of transport. That's cruel and unusual as shit. <laughs> it's been rough. Trump was trumping it up at the UN today. Trump and Kim Jong-un, they're, ha- they're having too much fun just playing around with the end of the world. They're kind of just doing it for the attention, don't you feel? Like Trump at this point is like a kid you see at the zoo and he won't stop fucking with the lion. And at first you're like, hey, cut it out, it's dangerous. And eventually you're like, I really hope this little shit falls in. <laughs> just worried he's gonna drag me with him, you know? And then Korea, North Korea have responded by threatening Guam. I thought it was very shitty because Guam's like, we've got nothing to do with this. Which is apparently they're doing it because it's the only target they can reach. Which is kind of like if you're mad at your boyfriend and you can't get a hold of him, you just kick the shit out of his car. And his car's like, I've got nothing to do with this. He doesn't even own me. I'm a lease or a protectorate. I don't really know what Guam is. I feel bad. I feel like I should have researched it more before it gets destroyed. Guam, but not forgotten. You know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) Worth it. Worth it. White supremacists are back in the news, boo. I just don't like how they're reporting on them. I read one story. They referred to white supremacist extremists. That sentence has one too many words in it. White supremacy is an inherently extreme position. There are no moderate white supremacists. No one's going to the meeting while the main guy's on stage going, we need to get these blacks out of our country. It's like, while I agree with you, I believe they prefer the term people of color. I mean, I'm not a Nazi, I'm like a Nazi. I mean, I'm not so much. Although that's definitely the guy who suggested tiki torches. Is that they've got a much lower carbon footprint. I mean, we're here to destroy the Jews, not the environment. (laughs) I'll leave you guys with this and go with me on this one. Because it's just this term fake news I find so hilarious because it's kind of ridiculous. Because the news, obviously, right, it's not fake. It's based on facts. But the news, TV news, it's also not true, right? All right. (laughs) I mean, the news is real, but it's not the truth. It is the art. It's the job of art to tell you the truth. It's not the job of the news, and you wouldn't want it to be. Think about it. If the cable news was the truth, first of all, it would be in French and black and white. And the anchor would be an old Parisian widow with a wart on her chin, sitting at the bottom of a stairwell, just smoking. Not vaping, but fucking smoking. If the news was the truth, every broadcast would be directed by Lars von Trier. The station logo would be a pomegranate just being devoured by maggots. Their slogan would be, as fair and balanced as the world is, by which we mean not at all. You are watching C and We. They would cut to Madame Durian in the hopeless situation room. She would emerge from the shadows like, ah, there you are. 
Here is the news. There are a number of wars in foreign lands. There are several murders in the town where you live. Man in general continued his inhumanity to his fellow man. There was some talk of a cure for cancer, but it will not arrive in time to save your Mima. That is the news, but the truth, ah, mes amis, the truth is there's not a thing you can do about any of it, and even if you could, you probably wouldn't. Here's Jean-Paul Sartre with the weather. Weather! Weather, whether or not it rains, life is still a pointless joke. If the sun does come out, it merely shines a light on the futility of existence. If there's a tornado or something, maybe we will tell you about it. But other than that, who gives a shit? By the time they threw to sports, which would just be endlessly looped footage of wolves slaughtering newborn lambs, you'll be home going, fuck. Could this be fake? Can we make this fake again, please? <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm in Edinburgh. Cheers, everybody. One more time for Adam Burke. And in fact, why don't you keep it going for everybody you saw tonight? Well, you guys, I will miss you. I'll be gone for like, I don't know, a month, five weeks or something like that. Uh, but then I will be back. And then this show will, will continue uh, with guest hosts. So come see that. And I'll see you after tour. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.